This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Laura Johnson. I serve as one of the pastors here. And as we prepare to ponder the words of Scripture, let us pray together. Oh, Holy Spirit, come into these moments. Speak to us through your Scriptures. Draw us closer to your heart. Help us to retreat with Jesus and find our refreshment in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. At the nearly inexhaustible age of 20, I spent a summer as a camp counselor at a sleepaway Christian camp. I spent my days herding girls from arts and crafts to archery to the pool to sports. And from time to time, we organized special activities like food fights or as you can see in this picture, capture the flag, shaving cream wars. There I am front and center after one of those wars, and it was just the perfect way to spend a college summer because I was paid for having fun. But as fun as all of the silliness was, my favorite part of being a camp counselor was that I, I got to spend every single day loving children with the love of Jesus. I got to show them that they were beloved children of God, no matter how cool or how quirky or how nerdy or how shy they were. And every evening, I got to teach them about Jesus, which was the greatest joy of all. Now, I poured my heart and soul into this work There wasn't much sleep to be had as a counselor, and there wasn't much downtime between sessions, between camp sessions, but I told myself that I didn't need it. If I had conviction and love, I would make it through, and there was much to be done. From fights between friends to spiritual crises to tears over parents to heartbreak over relationships, there were many demands on my time and on my heart, and they were all very urgent. So I pushed myself to love and to care and to listen and to teach and to be appropriately energetic and bubbly and wise and compassionate, all for Jesus. Well, I pushed myself so hard that summer, when the summer came to a close and I returned to my normal life, I fell ill. And I became as sick as I have ever been. I was so tired after giving all of myself to the demands of the urgent that my body forced me to stop and rest in a fever-induced sleep for days and days. I was so, so sick that I can only remember those days like a fog. I remember being so sick and weary that I couldn't even reach out and grab a cup of water from my bedside table. This was a bodily sickness, yes, but it was also this deep spiritual dryness and soul weariness. It was all-consuming. If you've been following worship these past few weeks, then you've been walking with us through the first chapter of Mark as we've seen Jesus in this action-packed frenzy of ministry. First, 
Jesus was baptized. And then he immediately went into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for a few weeks. And then he returned to civilization where he immediately started preaching about the coming kingdom of God. He recruited his disciples. He taught in the synagogue. He cast out demons. And that is only in the first half of the first chapter of the gospel of Mark. Today's portion of Mark chapter 1 is even more action-packed with the demands of the urgent. We find Jesus, as he's leaving the synagogue where he's just cast out a demon while preaching, and he's rushing to the house of his disciple Peter because they've told him that Peter's mother-in-law is sick, very sick. So Jesus rushes to Peter's house where he takes the woman by her hand and raises her up, healing her immediately. Soon, Peter's doorway is crowded with people who have all sorts of ailments from the demonic to the ill. Mark says the whole town gathered to watch Jesus at work. And Jesus put his heart and soul into the work before him until one by one, everyone was healed. One by one, all the spectators returned home. We can assume it was a very long night. But before the sun rose again in the morning, Jesus quietly snuck out of the house. And under the cover of early morning darkness, Jesus went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. And it's in this moment of quiet and stillness where I especially need to learn from Jesus. And I suspect that you probably do too. Because Jesus could have easily woken up with the sun, rolled out of bed, chugged some coffee, and opened Peter's door and greeted all of the people that surely would have been lined up in the early morning hours after hearing about all of the miracles that Jesus accomplished the night before. Jesus might have been able to convince himself that he was doing good work by staying in Peter's house healing everybody who came to the door. He could have made a whole ministry from Peter's living room and he would have been hailed as a great and mighty man of God. But that wasn't his calling. That wasn't his purpose. And Jesus knew that as the desperately loud demands of the urgent would come and greet him, He knew that they could also drown out the quiet calling of God. So Jesus got up early and he snuck out of the house because he needed to step away from the loud demands of the urgent so that he could listen for the guidance of God. Because if Jesus didn't, step away and reconnect with God, the demands of the urgent would be so insistent that they would push his mission, his purpose for living to the margins of his life, waiting for another day that may never come. 
If Jesus didn't step away and reconnect with God, he might end up sick and in bed for days and days on end, physically ill and spiritually dry. My guess is that you know exactly the weight Jesus felt in those early morning hours. You know what it feels like to be pulled by the demands of the urgent. From work demands to juggling the busy family of a schedule of a schedule of a family to caring for an ailing loved one to managing your own financial affairs to the awesome weight of parenting. The demands of the urgent are loud and needy and insistent and important. So you know how easy it is to respond to these demands at the expense of your own vitality, your own soul, your own calling, your own connection with God. So let's learn from Jesus here in this moment. Because he got up before the urgent demands could present themselves to him. And he reconnected with God in a deserted place in the wilderness where no one would think to look for him. I love this image that you'll see on your screen. It's called Christ in the Desert by Ivan Kramskoy. And I love this image because it captures the emotion that I feel when I am spiritually and emotionally drained, as I'm sure Jesus must have been when he prayed in the wee hours of the morning, bags under his eyes, slumped shoulders, sightless eyes, his body as weary and spent as his soul. And Jesus did not hide that from God. And instead, Jesus offered it to God as he sat in the quiet, all the while soaking up God's refreshment and renewal and redirection. I've often wondered how Jesus kept up the pace of the compassionate, miraculous life to which he devoted himself. And the scripture in that image helped me understand how Jesus did it. He surely grew tired and weary because while he is a part of the triune God and divine, he was also human. And in his divine wisdom, Jesus didn't just push and push and push himself as we people are prone to do, responding to whatever urgent demand knocked on his door. Instead, Jesus retreated. He rested He reconnected with God at regular intervals, and this gave him the energy and the compassion and the wisdom to do not just what was presented to him, but also to do what he was sent on earth to do. Imagine how different your life would be if every time you felt the demands of the urgent trying to run your life, If you found a quiet, deserted place where you could remember who you are, where you could reconnect and be refreshed by God, where you could get perspective and direction of what to do and where to go next, imagine how your life would be different if this was your practice. 
maybe you'd be more at peace. Maybe you'd feel more satisfied. Maybe you'd be more patient. Maybe you'd feel more confident. Maybe you'd feel more whole. Well, as the morning hours ticked by and the sun rose higher in the sky, Simon Peter and his disciples finally discovered Jesus' hidden retreat. Everyone is searching for you, they scolded Jesus. Some translators say everyone's hunting for you. After all, Jesus had a highly valuable skill and there were those who believed they knew exactly how Jesus should be using this skill. There were those with urgent demands that felt entitled to what Jesus had to offer. And so it can be with the urgent demands in our own life. The demands in those who voice them have a way of saying, this, this is the thing that I need and it is your most important job. This is what you have to do. That's the message that Peter relayed to Jesus. Everyone is looking for you. Don't you know that you have a job to do? To which Jesus replied, Let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. Now, this would have sounded blasphemous to the disciples. Leave this community behind when there are so many people who need your help, Jesus. But their vision was short-sighted. They were only listening to the demands of the urgent, not paying attention to the quiet call of God. They didn't realize that Jesus' job was not just to heal the residents of one tiny region, that Jesus was meant to heal the sin sickness of the entire world. The disciples couldn't hear that from God, but Jesus heard it because he retreated, because he rested, because he reconnected with God. I wonder what resting and retreating and reconnecting with God looks like in your life. The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, had the practice of waking up at 4 a.m. and praying until 8 a.m. Now, I know that this is an extreme example, but Wesley learned it from his mother, Susanna, who was the mother of nine children, and she was known to throw her long apron over her head, making a tent with herself and her Bible so she could retreat in her own kitchen amidst the urgent demands of parenting and running a household in the 18th century. The point in sharing these examples is not to say that you have to pray for multiple hours a day. Rather, it's to remind you that In the 1700s, when everyday life was grueling and people didn't have washing machines or refrigerators or electricity or cars that made life more convenient, our forebears in the faith found time and space to retreat with God, to make sure that God's voice was more insistent than the demands of the urgent. And their demands back in the 18th century were many, just as ours are. Now, I know lots of people in today's world who make this a habit. I know of some who have a prayer corner in their house where they begin each day. I know of others who have a walking route 
That is their connecting with God root. I know of others who sit at their piano and meet God through music. Last Sunday, I led a retreat or a a workshop on a book called Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. And in this book, Thomas outlines nine different ways that people naturally connect with God. Some of us connect best with God when we're outdoors. Others of us connect best with God through liturgical worship, others through intellectual study, others through contemplative prayer. The point is that each of us connects with God differently. And the most important point of this book is that we need to connect with God regularly in ways that feed our souls if we are to be spiritually whole and healthy. We are currently creating this into an on-demand course on the Sacred Pathways that will be available later this month. But in the meantime, I invite you to ask yourself, what is my deserted place where I can connect with God? Is it at your piano or with a guitar in your hand? Is it while absorbing a theology book? Is it in a quiet room lost in prayer? It doesn't matter where it is. What matters is that you find a way to retreat. And I urge you to do it, to retreat. Now, I know that when you feel the demands of the urgent weighing on you, when you feel that weight on your shoulders, you don't think that you have time or energy to retreat. It will feel impossible. It will feel stressful. It might even feel like you're being selfish. But that's exactly when you must retreat. Because that's when you most need to hear the voice of God. That's when you need to be the most refreshed, renewed, and redirected to go in the way that God is calling you to go. Otherwise, you may end up like I was after that summer camp, either very bodily sick or soul sick. Otherwise, you might end up feeling lost or directionless, or purposeless. Otherwise, you might miss out on the greatest part of our spiritual life, being connected and energized and loved by the God who made you, the God who knows you, the God who wants you to lead an abundant life. So many of you know how much poetry speaks to me. It is one of my places of retreat, and so... I want to leave you with this poem by Jan Richardson. It's called Where the Breath Begins, and it meets us in our deserted place. When we step away into that place of retreat, in that moment, like Jesus, where we are tired and weary, and we are beginning that moment of rest. And as you receive this poem, my prayer is that you will be reminded That when you are dry and weary and the demands of the urgent are all-consuming, that there is a blessing waiting for you in that deserted place of retreat. Where the breath begins. Dry and dry and dry in each direction. Dust dry, desert dry, bone dry. And here, 
in your own heart, dry, the center of your chest, a bare valley stretching out every way you turn. Did you think this was where you had come to die? It's true that you may need to do some crumbling, yes. That some things you have protected may want to be laid bare, yes. That you will be asked to let go and let go, yes. But listen, this is what a desert is for. If you have come here desolate, If you have come here deflated, then thank your lucky stars that the desert is where you have landed, here where it is hard to hide, here where it is unwise to rely on your own devices, here where you will have to look and look again and look close to find what refreshment waits to reveal itself to you. I tell you, though it may be hard to see it now, This is where your greatest blessing will find you. I tell you, this is where you will receive your life again. I tell you, this is where the breath begins. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, draw us away into retreat. Our lives are heavy with all the demands of life that present themselves every morning. Help us to step away and find that deserted place where we might be wrapped in your arms and brought into your presence and reminded of who you call us to be. In Christ's name we pray, amen.